Greetings. Welcome to Simply Christ. My name is Mark Shepard, and yes, it has been quite a while. It's been a long time since we put together a podcast, several reasons. First of all, I have been traveling quite a bit. Second of all, I have been sick. And number three, it's I've had a lot of deadlines at work. Unfortunately, I've had some of those things. It's just been kind of a weird couple of months, but now we're back into it and trying to trying to stay everything uh, just uh, back on schedule, I guess you could call it that. It's It's been kind of an interesting uh, time, nothing too major, of course, but just, just a lot of things happening. So we are going to be getting right into it and jumping back into it. If you are not a subscriber to our podcasts, we'd ask that you would do so. This is a channel that's dedicated to being a follower of Jesus, looking at it in the spiritual sense. We are not into the religious part of it or the typical church churchiness or you know Christendom as it's often called or or the churchianity uh, what people also call Christianity. We approach this from a spiritual viewpoint. Um, and that's important. It's not that we're any better than anybody. Please don't misunderstand. And, and, and I do want to clear that up because I do think many times people have this idea that, well, if you're none of those, that must be that because you think you're better than everybody. No, not. In fact, quite the contrary. It's not about being better at all. It's just that I think God is revealing some things, and I see some things that are missing in the kingdom and some of the things that have not really been talked about as much as they should. And that's the only reason. So please do not see it as for anything else except trying to steer the discussion of what it means to be a Christian back into the realm of the spiritual, because that's what this is really all about. It's about spiritual living and the understanding of living in the spiritual life. Most of the, uh, in fact, all the verses we use are from the Aramaic scriptures. I will leave a link in the description. You can check those out and follow along. Uh, Some of them might be a little bit weird in the numbering. Uh, Some of the verses that we talk about are a little bit different uh, in terms of numbering, so you might see it a little bit different in in that in in your parentheses if you're following along in the Aramaic scriptures. So, uh, but don't worry, you can follow along on another translation if you need to. It's not important. I just choose the Aramaic because it's so much. I think it's kind of neat, really, to to read and to follow because it offers a different view. It offers a different way of thinking that uh, um, language wise in any anyways and linguistically as to how. Um, you know, Jesus spoke back then and the disciples and, and, and how it was all about. So let's, let's get right into it and talk today about what it means to be holy. That's important because holiness is one of those elements that is sorely lacking in the lives of many Christians, including me. And I'll be the first one to say it. Uh, I've not been a very holy person many times in my life. I don't think any of us have. Yet, we are called to be holy, and that's what we're going to be looking at several verses. You know, throughout the centuries, this idea of what it means to be a Christian has has taken all kinds of bizarre turns and, and dramatic shifts and some really weird ones, in fact. But what does it mean to be a Christian? And it kind of basically falls, and again, basically, generally speaking, falls into a couple of categories, and that is the ones of either following a ritual system or 
one of faith. Uh, meaning that it's just all about living by faith. And what I mean by living by faith is that faith becomes, you know, kind of one of those, one of those um, panels or pictures that you buy at a garage sale that says faith is, and some little, you know, lovely religious saying that you stick on the wall next to the wine rack. And, and that's what faith is. You know, I have faith and faith is basically all it is. Or I, you know, just some kind of, I hate to say cheesy saying, but it's what a lot of them are, these cheesy sayings that really have no bearing on the life of the person whatsoever. And then those individuals many times just are just churchgoers. So it's not about rituals or about churchgoing. Now, I'm not to say rituals are not an important element in a person's life. There are people that can do rituals, and those are okay. There's nothing wrong with rituals, but rituals is not what draws us or are not what draws closer to a relationship with God. Uh, we're going to be talking and doing a, a, a podcast and a video as well. In fact, our, check out our video on YouTube or on YouTube as well, and we talk about this these same topics, same subjects, but just maybe in a different light. Sometimes I bring up things in our podcast and I bring up in video and vice versa. But this idea of rituals and what it means. And are rituals important? Do they play a role? We'll, we'll talk about those things. Those are good. Those are good questions we'll talk about. So, But basically, we have some thinking that has us believing that it's either you do these rituals or you live by faith. And I'll give you an example of rituals. I was watching a documentary on one of the toughest neighborhoods in Mexico. And one of them, they followed this man who was an assassin. His job was just to kill people. Whoever wanted someone killed, he would kill them. And they were interviewing this guy and he walked out of his little house, a little hut, whatever it was. And he walks by this, this, um, um, ritual, this 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 candle, and it's an altar. It's an altar to God and and Mary, and and I just it just hit me. It's like here's a person who is a hitman, and he'll kill you for whatever sum of money that someone if someone pays him, or if you want to have someone killed, he will do it. And this individual thinks that well, that's okay because I do my rituals before God, and I'm okay. And that's the thinking. And that's why you have people who can be, you know, a mafia hitman or a Mexican hitman, drug cartel hitman in this case. And it's okay. I do my rituals. You know, I, I say my, um, you know, I go to church. I do my confession. Everything's fine. I did these things. I can live however I want to. And then we have the other crowd it says, well, all I got to do is just live by faith. And what that means is me going to church and saying my hallelujahs and amens and Dropping a couple of tears here and there, have an emotional experience that means the Holy Spirit lives in me and I'm now living. It's not those. The Christian life is about being holy. Being holy means to be set apart. You and I are called to be set apart. And being holy isn't anything new. That We throw this word holiness. Let's get back to this for just for a second. But we throw this word holiness around. And we think that holy, um, we, you know, give it to somebody that is holier than thou. This person thinks that they're holier than thou. Have you heard that? Have you ever used that term yourself? Oh, that person thinks they're just better than everybody. They're holier than thou. And we really don't understand what it means to be holy, but yet we're called to be holy. Or are we? If we're called to be holy, what does it mean? So what does it mean to be holy? 
what's involved with being holy. Are we called? And if we're called to be holy, how do we become holy? We're going to be talking about that in this podcast. We're going to be looking at Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, and that's our first one. Leviticus 20, verse 26, and you shall be holy ones because I, Lord Jehovah, am holy and have separated you from the nations that you should be mine. This is Old Testament things. If you go back to the Old Testament, you are going to see a thread, and a very big thread that runs through all the Old Testament about being holy. Why? Because I, Lord Jehovah, am holy. Let's look at another verse, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. Speak with all the assembly of the children of Israel and say to them, be holy ones, because I am holy. I am Lord Jehovah, your God. Another one in Leviticus 8, 11, or Leviticus 11, verse 44. Because I am Lord Jehovah, your God, and you shall be hallowed, and you shall be holy ones. Because I am holy, you shall not defile your souls by any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God makes it very clear to the nation of Israel that they are supposed to be holy. Their whole concept of being separate, set apart, being taken apart, and they're a group different from the rest of the nations. And God is telling these individuals, I want you to be different from everybody else in this world. I'm working through you for a purpose, and that purpose is to bring the Holy One of Israel, Jesus the Messiah. I'm working through you to do these things. See, when we talk about the Israelites being the chosen people or the cho- they were chosen. What's it mean to be chosen? First of all, to be chosen means you've been chosen for something. To be chosen doesn't mean that you're somebody's favorite pet. If you've ever been in a family where you have a sibling and that sibling can do no wrong, they're the chosen one. They're the favorite. They're mommy and daddy's pet. They can do no wrong. Whatever they do, it's okay. And they're kind of the favored ones. They can get away with whatever they want to, and it doesn't matter. That's not what it means to be chosen. To be chosen means you're chosen to do something. If I choose you to do something, I don't choose you to to be my favorite person who can do anything they want to and get away with it. No, I chose you to do something. I chose you to, you know... To, to build a house. I choose you to do a certain task. I chose you with this responsibility. And the Israelites were chosen, were holy, were set apart for a purpose. And that is, or was, to bring in the Messiah, to bring in Jesus Christ. That was their purpose. Their purpose was to bring in Christ. That's why they were called to be holy, You shall be holy ones because I, Lord Jehovah, am holy, and I've separated you from the nations that you would be mine. Leviticus, again, we've read all these verses, all of these is, I am Lord Jehovah, your God. You have to be holy. I want you to be different. I want you to be set apart. And if you're set apart, and if I chose you to do these things, I have certain characteristics and criteria for you to follow to be this holy 
individual. There's certain things I expect. There are certain there are certain ideas that I want you to hold. There are certain ways of behavior I want you to be or, or to follow. I, there's certain a certain way of thinking, a certain way of acting. It's not that you become arrogant in your ways. It's just I have you in a different light for a reason. Not just because I decided I'm going to pick this group of people and now oh, you're my favorites. You can go do whatever you want to do and it's A-OK. I actually talked to somebody about this the other day who said they can do, the Jews could do absolutely no wrong. Nothing they do. They could, I mean, I, and I couldn't believe my ears. I was hearing this individual. It doesn't matter whatsoever. They're still God's chosen. And it, that's a, just a complete misunderstanding of what it means to be chosen. God doesn't have a group of people and say, okay, I'm holding you to a certain standard, and if you mess up and have a wrong belief system, I'm casting you in hell. But you over here, you don't even have to believe in me. It's okay. (laughs) No, that's not how God works. God wants us to be holy. Now, we think, well, that's the Old Testament, right? So that's the Old Testament. We don't have to do those things. We live today, Mark, in the New Testament. Well, got some word for you. Things haven't changed. They continue today. For some reason, we think things change, that God suddenly doesn't require holiness. I want you to go check this verse out. It's in 1 Peter 1, verse 16. As obedient children, and do not be partaking again of your former lust, which you were lusting without knowledge, but be holy ones in your entire way of life, as he who has called you is holy, because it is written, be holy just as I also am holy. See, you and I are also set apart. We are set apart to be examples of Christ. We are the offspring of Jesus. We are the offspring of God when we become followers of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we are set apart. If we do not live set-apart lives, we cannot be calling ourselves holy ones because a holy one has a different way of life. Again, verse 15, but be holy ones in your entire way of life. Be different as he who has called you is holy. You and I have to be holy. There's no way, there's no way around it. Another one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 4 verse 7 through 8. For God didn't call us into impurity, but unto sanctification. Therefore, he who defrauds isn't being defrauding into the sons of mankind, but rather unto God who has placed his Holy Spirit in you. See, when we do wrong toward others, you know what we're really doing? It's not just to this person that we're doing wrong to. It's unto God that we're doing those things. We're defrauding God. We're defrauding him. See, that's why we have to live a life of the Spirit, of holiness. He didn't call us into being impure people. He's called us into sanctification or holiness. He's put the Spirit into us. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be holy. Holiness continues today. We, we can't live in this idea that we are not called to be holy people. Now, we have to be careful. We, we, we don't want to be individuals who say, well, I'm going to be living a lawful life 
No, we live a spiritual life, and from the spiritual life, the holiness flows from us. Why? Because we're spiritual people. The spiritual children of God are holy individuals. We should be acting as holy individuals. And so, how do we become holy? If we're going to be holy, what is it? Yes, we become Christians, okay? Yes, we've been baptized. Yes, we go to church. Yes, we do those things. But does that mean we're holy? No, it doesn't mean we're holy. Just because we've been dunked in water and we're going to a church doesn't mean that we're holy people or acting like holy people. We should be holy people. We should be acting. But there's many people who are going to church and do these things that are not acting holy in any way, shape, or form. So what do we do? How do we become holy? Well, one of the things we do, of course, we become a follower of Jesus, is remember who we are. Genesis chapter 1. God creates the world. He creates mankind. He says, let us make mankind in our image. Well, if God is holy, is he not making us into a holy image? That's what we're supposed to do, to become. God made us in his image of holiness. We've been created in God's image. But so many Christians today believe, well, that's okay. I don't have to because I've got these things and everything is fine. And I live by faith. I go to church and that's it. Do my rituals, whatever the case is. But that's not who we're called to do. John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus is speaking. And Yeshua said unto those Judeans, Jews, who had believed in him, If you should remain in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and he, the truth, will set you free. Let me look at that verse again. If you should remain in my word, you are truly my disciples. Which means if we don't remain in his word, then what? We're not his disciples, right? If we want to know the truth, we have to remain in his word. We have to remain in him, his teaching, okay? And, and, and let me clarify something here. When it says, you should remain in my word, it doesn't mean that people who go around studying the Bible are good disciples. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying to be in him, remaining in his teaching. If you teach or or, or live by his teaching, then we're his disciples. And then we will know the truth and he, the truth, will set us free. If we want to know the truth, we've got to remain as Jesus and his disciples have to remain in his teaching. So remember who we are, and that is we are spiritually led followers of Jesus. We're disciples of Christ. We're disciples of God. Number two, remember who lives in us. The Spirit lives in us. In fact, we call him the Holy Spirit, do we not? It's funny. We talk about the Holy Spirit lives within us. How can the Holy Spirit live within us if we are not living holy. Paul talks about it in Romans. You know, he talks about this. His spirit lives within us and identifies with our spirit that we're the sons of God or sons and daughters of God, if you want to look at it that way. We are children of God, and we cannot have a Holy Spirit who lives within us, and then we live an unholy life and expect things will gel and work together. It doesn't work like that. We've got to be holy. Our life has got to be producing fruit. It's got to be producing fruit that is meaningful. Jesus talks about the the fruit that 
that comes off a tree that's good, and the tree that isn't any good, that is not bearing fruit, is not a holy tree. Well, guess what happens to the unholy tree? The unholy tree is cast off, it's cut off and thrown into the fire. Look what happened to the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, many times throughout the Old Testament, they were thrown into captivity because they weren't living holiness. They weren't living holy. They weren't living the holy lifestyle. You and I are called to be holy. And if the Holy Spirit is living within us, we have got to be individuals that are living a holy life. And that holy life is reflected by the spiritual fruit we are producing. It is crucial, folks, that if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we have got to do and live by his teaching. That's what we have to do is be holy. Not holier than thou, where we think we float above everybody and, you know, we think we're so important and we know these things and we're such good people. That's not what the holiness... Holiness holiness requires an amount of humility that is mind-boggling. That's what really holiness starts off with. Holiness starts off with humility. And that humility is understanding that God, our Father, our Father God, is a holy God, and He demands holiness from him, from, uh, from us. And in this holiness, we don't measure up, do we? We're very weak in measuring up. And the, the humble person, the person that is humble in their life and their spirit, and that's why I like reading some of these older books that uh, you know, some of the ones by uh, Sundar Singh, of course. And there's another, several of them that I like reading by Thomas Akempis, another one called Introduction to the, Dev- to the Devout Life, um, just by uh, an, another author, DeSalle, with, I think with his last name. A- amazing teaching. And unfortunately, these books were written in the 14, 1500s, even be- before that. St. Augustine, uh, all those are books that talk about holiness and humility, It's because they understand the spiritual life and what it really means. We've lost that today. We've lost it, and and we're suffering from it, especially in church in the West. The church in the West, we're in trouble. We're in some serious trouble. I mean, we're we're not living holy. Our idea of holy living is, is nil to nothing. It's very little to nil. It's just lacking. And we're going to suffer. There, there's, there's things coming our way, and I think it's a cleansing. It's a cleansing of Christians from around the world and in different societies that have left him and created these bureaucratic institutions that have left humility, and we are not even following any of his teachings anymore. So that's for another podcast, okay? We'll talk about that some other time. So again, remember who we are created in God's image. We're following Jesus' teachings or his disciples. The Spirit lives within us. Remember, Jesus says, he will give us a spirit, and the Spirit will dwell within us, and he will guide us into all truth. If we want to know all truth, we've got to live according to the Spirit of Christ, and that means a holy lifestyle. And finally, the third one, remember our eternity. Every one of us is going to die. No doubt about it. Every single one of us is going to go through the door of death. The question is, 
how and are we going to be ready or how are we going to be when we go through that door? When we go in front of our father and we stand before him and we stand in front of Jesus, what's he going to say? Is he going to say, yes, I know who you are because he knows us as holiness, as his sons and daughters? Or, yeah, I saw you sitting on the back pew of church or I saw you in the church building. Yeah, you sing in the choir. It's all okay. No, it's not about our position. It's about who we are in Christ, our eternity. There's an eternity that awaits us. The question is, is what is our eternity going to be? It's about our holiness. So again, Remember who we are. Remember who lives in us. Remember our eternity, that there's eternity coming our way. And we've got to be ready for these things. Be holy as God is holy, as Christ is holy. Let the fruit of the Spirit, the life of holiness, live within us and show us.